So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folker, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. The Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com, that's mvmt-rehab.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. What's going on, guys? Uh, it's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast, and today we are joined by uh, Melissa Wyland of Slow um, Farmers Co-op. She's general manager there, and it's basically a family farm, a co-op of family farms, local family farms in Northeast Wisconsin. Um, so, Melissa, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your schedule and finally talking. Like we made this work. Yeah. Hey, Trevor. Thanks for having me. For sure. Um, so I hope I didn't say anything wrong there in that intro, um, but uh, I think I nailed it on the head. But if you could give us a little more background on kind of your story, um, how you kind of got intertwined with this and what slow is all about. Well, yes. Um, well, my background is a bit unique in that I am what we call a second generation organic farmer. Um, I am someone that grew up on a uh, dairy farm that transitioned to organic. So I lived okay. through that transition and we have been organic since 2000. And so we've been organic about 20, 21 years. Um, and so I have grown up in it, which is unusual. You see a lot of entry now or you see a lot mm. of interest and there's continued to be ongoing growth in the organic sector. but I, uh, I guess it's neat, um, but I just, I got to find myself in that unique space. Uh, from there, I actually always wanted to farm. I, okay. when I was growing up and when I was in high school and all of the advisors at school are like, well, what do you want to do? And they have you do all these career assessments and they are right. going to apply. And I said, fun. I'm going home to farm. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> That's what I want to nice. do. Um, however, my parents knew otherwise, and they really encouraged me to go on to school, um, which then led me uh, right after school. I actually fell into my first job of uh, working for a farmer services co-op uh, okay. here in Northeast Wisconsin. And from there, I ended up going into uh, the organic food product industry, essentially. So consumer, pro consumer packaged goods. Mm -hmm. um, cooperative. I worked for the largest farmer-owned organic co-op in the country wow. for uh, almost 11 years. And so it, it, um, it was amazing because I, growing up on the farm side, you know the farm side very well, you mm -hmm. know the standards very well, you know the protocols very well, and you really know the, the reality uh, but then going into the food system where you start talking about, or actually I should say the branded food system where you start talking about labels, 
talk about distribution, supply chain. There's all these other facets to the food system that we don't even know sometimes mm-hmm. when we're on the farm. And so um, I really enjoyed uh, my almost 11 years there. It was amazing. And then an opportunity actually came up to, to become the general manager for Slow Farmers Co-op, which is S-L-O. It's mm-hmm. an acronym. Um, to actually be their general manager. And I, I really felt this pull to continue doing what I'm doing in the organic and the, in the consumer goods industry. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to get into the local food movement professionally. And so that's really what drew me here. Um, and I'm just so thankful that I'm able to bring essentially my talents and what I learned at a billion dollar business yeah. right here to Northeast Wisconsin. So that's pretty cool. Um, but you said to tell you a little bit about SLOW. Yeah. So SLOW, uh, as I alluded to, is an acronym. It mm-hmm. stands for Sustainable Local Organic. Um, SLOW is a fairly young company still. We're huh? about seven years old. And our primary service here for Northeast Wisconsin, we are Northeast Wisconsin exclusive, by the way. We have 12 small family farms that are all here. Okay. All of our processing is here. All of our processing partners are right here in Northeast Wisconsin. Our storage and warehousing is here in Northeast Wisconsin. Wow. And our consumers that we sell to are here. And our wholesale accounts are all here in Northeast Wisconsin. So we've, we've got this really neat model that is truly dedicated <laughs> to our home ground right. Right, here, right where we're all from. Um, so, yeah, we have 12 members. They are not all certified organic. We, we encourage that. We um, have everyone following organic practices, but we work with a, a fair amount of small and beginning farmers. And what we do is we really sort of like mentor and help them through, and then we go into some of those other pieces. But okay. um, it's all about evolving the food system here and making this opportunity for these young small farmers. Yeah. Um, but I should say, in the end, we are the common thread across all of us for the meat program that we have. Is that we're all pastured, a hundred percent. Every member is, and I'm not talking, Trevor. Like you see a picture of cows, and like it's like it looks like the length of your lawn. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking legitimate, rotationally grazing, beautiful, oh, nice. well managed, uh, lush pastures, and and moving them through there. Uh, and then that's the same for our eggs, and then our veggies are all organically raised. So we okay. do meat and vegetables both through a CSA model. Okay. Um, I guess I should get into that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask, can you expand okay. on that a little bit? Uh, we, so a CSA model, CSA is also an acronym. You're like in the world of acronyms right now. Yeah, right. Um, but a CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Uh, but really what it comes down to is that we curate these boxes based on what we have in season for the vegetables, for example. Mm. And our, we do direct consumer sales. So our consumers are subscribers and they sign up for the season. So we have three seasons. There's spring season, uh, summer season, and we're currently in our fall. Okay. And so uh, those uh, are happy eaters here in Northeast Wisconsin <laughs> sign up and uh, get a box every week or every other week, depending on the share. Right now, our fall share runs every other week. Uh, that allows our farmers to um, 
be able to move what does well and also protects them against any uh, risk management of certain crops not doing well, that sort of thing, right? Like they're able to take the best that they're producing, put it in a box, and we have actually a delivery partner that gets delivered to their doorstep. So we oh, make it so convenient. Easy eat local mm-hmm. um, through that program. And then we have our meat share or our meat, our meat CSA. And that is a monthly delivery. We have several sizes carefully curated for, um, you know, different size households and things like that, where you get a box of pasture tea once a month. And so again, it's, I was so drawn to come here because of this model mm-hmm. that we can just, again, make it, sometimes it's hard to eat local. Mm-hmm. This makes it so easy. You sign yeah. up, we deliver it to your door. It's so good. <laughs> I'm biased, obviously. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, people, especially nowadays, love easy. Like what's convenient, what's quick. And I mean, I've talked with other people around us. There's this big shift where people want to support local, like especially through the past couple of years, I think, with everything that's going down. Um, they're more about keeping things like in-house local community stuff. And that's just awesome. I mean, the delivery system is like no brainer. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's, that's cool. Um, the first question that I have that kind of came to mind that I want to ask you about is you said like the cows, obviously they move great. That's like just what they do. How important is that um, for them? Because I mean, there's a ton of things about like having them up close quarters and everything like that. So can you touch on that a little bit? Sure. Um, well, one thing I loved about growing up an organic dairy farmer is was my introduction to grazing at a really mm-hmm. young age. And um, grazing is interesting because it was sort of a movement as uh, in itself back in the 90s, for example. But Today, when you hear all of this encouragement about the benefits of pastured meat mm-hmm. or uh, grass-fed dairy, for example, um, I would say from growing up in it, the proof is in the pudding. You can tell if you are someone that regularly consumes high-quality grass-fed dairy meat, eggs, uh, all of those things. Um, you can tell in the quality, but we also know that um, grass-fed meat, for example, that tends to have, or it does have uh, the omega-3 fatty mm-hmm. acid, acid balance, higher CLAs, and it's the same thing with dairy. And it, eggs, you know, the story around eggs is you should have that beautiful golden yolk, and it shouldn't be a fake golden from mm-hmm. what the chickens were fed. The, the chickens are often given additives to encourage certain colors in their yolks. But if you're truly in a grazing or a pasture-based system, what you see are those wonderful, beautiful fats coming through in the mm-hmm. yellow yellow yolk. So it is so interesting, Trevor, that it's sort of like you can talk to a dairy, a grass-fed dairy person and you hear all about it on that end, or you talk to a grass-fed meat person and you hear all about it on that end. It's really the same. Now, having worked in all of the commodities now, mm-hmm. or sections, I guess, um, it's pretty neat because you it's it's really comes down to the fats that comes mm. through mm-hmm. when you're in a in a pasture based system. Okay. Also, there is a very important Trevor. Uh, I should add a very important animal welfare aspect to recognize when you talk about that. Mm-hmm. Animal welfare has been up until very recently, up until the last probably year, 
animal welfare was the number one topic when it came to animal agriculture, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. right? We've all seen some of those headlines that we we that made us cringe a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but point being, when you put these animals in a pasture-based system, just by doing that, they're able to exhibit their natural behaviors. And, and a cow can be a cow, and a chicken can be a chicken, and a pig can be a pig. And you eliminate all this need to control their diet. You eliminate mm-hmm. all this need to control uh, other additives or whatever you want to call it that, mm-hmm. that would otherwise be fed. So. It's not just for us, it's really good for them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know if people, like, like you said, everybody's seen those videos. Like, I think there was like a huge outbreak of them everywhere. And I think people need to realize exactly what you just said. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And the, the movements, you know, veganism and vegetarianism and it's fine if that Mm -hmm. is any you know anyone listening right now if that is your in your core value system awesome i get it i i compliment you for following that and following what you believe in but at the end of the day i do want to point out those movements are very well organized there's a lot of money behind that and you see the same thing in various food labels and all of this, right? Like, it's just, it's a very well-organized movement. It used to be grassroots. And now you even see food companies, right? Like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, vegan this, vegan mm-hmm. I was like, why do I need vegan water? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean. Or not yeah, GMO I, water. I got, That's yeah, one. right. That's actually legitimate, yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> I know. Um, I also like that you touched on, like, the fat part of it because people they steer away from mm-hmm. fat. People will ditch the egg oh. yolk and just do the whites. And man, I, I'll be honest, my younger self did that. And I look back and I'm like, if I could just shake it, <laughs> like yeah. shake me. Um, because you're throwing out like the nutritional aspect, the most nutritious part of that egg. Yeah. And flavor. So True. growing up farming and growing up and um, working with really good food now most of my life, Mm-hmm. There's three things, and I think there's a book on this. There's three things that make your food taste really good. Mm-hmm. One is salt, one is sugar, and one is fat. Mm-hmm. So if you remove the fat, what are you going to go with right. in theory, right? If you're a flavors person. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just good. I love, I love eggs. I love eggs. I love yeah. meat. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, we were, we were kind of, I think this is a good segue. We were kind of talking before we hit record um, mm-hmm. about meat and the rep that it kind of has and kind of going along with the movements and the shifts mm-hmm. and all of this. It just has a bad rep. Um, and it's one that I strongly disagree with mm. um, because I think it's, if you look at what meat is paired with sometimes the quality of meat um what you're eating it with what your lifestyle habits are with meat that stuff is severely neglected in the research when they blame red meat um so i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that well um so if we think about some of the reasons for the anti-meat we also could tie it back. There's, there's actually like 
five key areas that I feel draw people to certain foods or labels. Okay. And like half of those, meat has a bad rep. Mm -hmm. So uh, we could say that uh, meat and dairy, they're kind of one and the same right now in some of this, yeah. this argument. Uh, meat is getting the blame uh, for our our planet situation, for our climate and mm -hmm. climate change and all of those mm -hmm. pieces, right? Mm -hmm. There's that aspect. And that has drawn some people away. The animal welfare aspect was huge. Mm -hmm. People are uh, in a different position. We didn't grow up a lot of, we're, we're several generations removed from farms now. There is a disconnect in, in um, being a part of that circle of life and understanding mm -hmm. that circle of life. And when you, you sort of grow up in it, it is quite a bit different, I can tell you, when uh, how you understand life and death and all of these pieces mm -hmm. right here, here from a farm like, like I was. But either way, the animal welfare aspect is one. There's the nutrition piece, which I think is what you probably hear most about in, yeah. your, in your sphere. Mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah, there's different pieces that drew people away from meat and different pieces stick for different people. Mm -hmm. um, I feel different because you have to remember, I am not in the feedlot meat market. Mm -hmm. I am not in crowded chicken houses. Those things, just because it's a chicken doesn't mean it shouldn't have an awesome life. Mm -hmm. Like I, we do believe at slow that chickens should be able to chase a butterfly. Like we agree. do believe at slow. Mm -hmm. At Slow Farmers Co-op, we don't, um, and some of the practices that come with meat, because we, we tend to raise animals uh, in different environments than pasture, animals carry their stress in different ways, they mm. act in different ways. You start to see behaviors of animals mm -hmm. that you, shouldn't, you wouldn't see otherwise in nature without the farmer or without agriculture. So there's various practices um which it could be tail docking or beak docking or different pieces mm. right yeah that don't sit well even with me mm -hmm. you know even as a meat eater i'm very particular i don't go to a restaurant and eat meat unless i know you know some restaurants are really amazing about transparency mm -hmm. but um point being it is not and i trevor i think you maybe are almost getting to this when you were saying it is like it's not the fact of meat it's how it was raised yes and it, it yeah. is like we are not, if we're meat eaters, it doesn't make us bad people, mm -hmm. especially if we're very like cognizant in particular on how we're sourcing that. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what I was hoping <laughs> you'd say. Um, and like, I wanted that to be known about what you guys are doing because um, it's huge in how animals are raised, treated, cared for. I mean, it's the same kind of for us, right? Like what we put into our bodies is going to help us sustain kind of longevity and feeling good and all that. And it's, it's the same, same thing. And I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And kind of like I was saying, it's, it's not, if you are, if you do eat meat, I'd be more interested in what you're doing outside of there. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're, you know, drinking and smoking all the time, it's like, okay, well, let's change some of those other lifestyle habits because it's not the meat's fault. And I feel like meat is just the easy scapegoat for a lot of these articles in the current times. As is dairy. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you do have a dairy farmer on here. I will keep reminding you <laughs> that dairy has such a, 
a bad rep also mm-hmm. and it at the end of the day you have to think about how was that dairy raised how was it processed was it ultra processed um there is something in and i'll just like digestibility of dairy is a yes. big thing it's blamed it's for dairy is you know pointed out to be a inflammation culprit for many people but um there is so like in my past history before slow slow is not a dairy uh, but in my long time career so far in organic dairy, um, there are so many layers now, just like anything, like a whole stack of options, it mm-hmm. seems like of pasteurization types or, um, you know, there's obviously the raw milk movement that continues to um, continues to grow and people continue to work for legislation on and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. But uniquely, there's also a very uh, strong genetic component. With dairy, for example, there is a a protein, like a beta casein protein, called A1 and A2. Well, there's two types. And in um, we as humans, like women, we are A2, A2. Okay. So, and goats are A2, A2, for example. Mm. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, I cannot touch cow dairy. Melissa, don't even try to get me to touch cow dairy. I like goat. And I say, actually, if you ever come across A2 cow dairy, give it a try. Um, that actually is probably what's going on. You have that, you have that, um, and A1, A2 is the predominant thing, the predominant combination in our, in our dairy now. Um, that does bother a lot of people because it's not the right protein. We're, we're yeah. supposed to be A2, A2. That's really interesting. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess um, I didn't know that. Like, that's... It's really interesting because you do. You hear dairy, dairy's bad, dairy causes this and that. But you don't really dig too much. <laughs> you don't dig too much. And it, you read the headline and you don't really think, you don't think further about it. Yeah. A lot of us don't. And meat too or whatever it is. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and dairy does obviously bother some people, as does gluten. And right. as, you know, we should be very careful. We don't want a blanket statement, everything. But exactly. we also don't want to all think that we all have this or we all have that. We are all biologically very differently designed right (laughs) yes that is a huge point like there is no one size fits all when it comes to foods that you can do foods you can eat and like especially when you keep talking like meat dairy it's all brought up it's more in the processing how it's taken care of and cared for than anything i think that is Mm -hmm. that's something i really want to make sure we get across about what you guys are doing is how Mm -hmm. it's being cared for and the the process of it Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's really important for people to know, especially local when they're looking for some local resources for these types of foods. Yeah, I uh, I make this joke kind of in my friend circle, so I'll kind of let it leak on your podcast here. <laughs> but my joke, because uh, my friends, we all just like they just love to pick my brain about or my opinions. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but um, makes sense. You know, my joke is like we're always like one um, documentary away from the next food trend. And I hate to say that, but I just, I do feel that and I see it. And I, I had for a long time, obviously been watching dairy trends and just mm-hmm. watching how the alternatives, how they fluctuate and how they cycle. And it's like almond has just, almonds kind of held its own, but it's just kind of sat there. And then we went through the, the coconut mm-hmm. trend and then we went through the, um, oh, what's the other one? Like we've gone through several trends and right now it's trending as oat, which is really unique oh, yeah. to me. Because in a way, oat in the Midwest, at least, is like probably one of the more sustainable alternatives that we could consider. So it's kind of neat. <laughs> nice. <I get> it. 
Um, One documentary away. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> you're not wrong. Like when you think, I was sitting here thinking about that. I was like, yeah, you are like thinking about the documentaries that have been coming out like every year, every six uh -huh. months or something. It's like, yeah, like you're not wrong. <laughs> that's that's so we have true. To pay attention. We have to pay attention to our own bodies. Yes, how we are feeling hundred percent. Our own elimination um, tries, right? Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to say diet, but our own elimination yes. diets or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. I know how I feel best, and it's on veggies and protein. Like okay. I rock on yep. veggies and protein. My boyfriend Roy, for example, he's like, I need bread. I need. Okay. Bread. I'm like, I cannot do That's that. How my wife is. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She's she's bread, and I'm I'm the same. Like, yeah. give me all the protein and fats because I feel great. High fat, higher protein, moderate, like good carbs, but mm -hmm. I can't do heavy, heavy stuff. It's important. Mm -hmm. It's important. Like I, I say it all the time. Listen to your bodies because it's going to tell you yeah. exactly what you need. Yes, yes. You don't need that documentary or that neighbor or that person to necessarily pressure you. Right. Just notice for yourself. Yep. Yep. I, I like that. And I always encourage people, like if you if you hear one thing, you know, and you want to do it, that's fine. But just do your research. Like look into it, do your own kind of spiral down the dark, whatever figure it out, listen to you, try it if you want. But if it's not working, like it's okay. Like it's okay. Keep yeah. trying, keep changing, keep evolving and just kind of keep learning about yourself. The more you are in tune with yourself, the better it's going to be. And our bodies changing. Mm -hmm. You know, something that we loved 10 years ago. Can't True. forge on that anymore. <laughs> I pizza. I have a right. guilty pleasure for pizza. <laughs> and it just does not agree with me. Um, <laughs> Hey, I wanted to interrupt today's show to tell you about a special offer from our friends at Slow Farms Co-op. When you head to their website, slowfarmsco-op.com and create your account to order your first pastured meat share signup, be sure that you enter coupon code GBHP in the Who Referred You box to get a free chicken. Again, head to slowfarmsco-op.com and when you order your pastured meat share, be sure to enter code GBHP in the Who Referred You box to get your free mouth-watering chicken. Uh, you know, the something else we haven't really talked too much about. Um, I have a couple other questions that has, has mm -hmm. things that have come up. Um, the first thing I think I want to go about is some people, like there's so much information out, about, out there about like what organic truly means. Like what is, because you guys are, I mean, organic. It's in your yeah. name. Um, so what's that process? Um, what's the difference? What are the benefits? Can you talk about that a little bit about what you guys are doing mm -hmm. to, to keep that organic certification going? Yeah. So in the, um, the organic system. So first, uh, the organic label is when you compare all the labels now that are um, that have a lot of traction and a lot, a lot of market share, market share. Uh, organic is one of the oldest ones, making it one of the more mature ones. Okay. So it's grown, it's been refined, um, the checks and balances are in place, the inspections and the, the audits have a very firm system. Um, it's a very mature program and a very mature process that actually falls under the USDA. Okay. Most labels don't. They are independent. Um, there are various companies that that run those labels and they're sort of like, add-ons that that grab traction often from retailers not even necessarily from you or i but often mm -hmm. retailers are putting a lot of pressure on um logos logos and additional certification 
questions. Okay. Uh, but organic is um, also the most transparent label that, that actually exists. You or I right now, I could do a screen share with you and literally pull up the USDA National Organic Program page and go through my okay. standards that as an organic farmer, I am too proud. Okay. Um, there are uh, uh, just various pieces in there about animal welfare and um, outdoor access and obviously pasturing. Pasturing is a requirement for organic uh, dairy and then outdoor access is a requirement for the other commodities. Okay. Um, but long story short, it's, it's a very, this is open for everyone. The USDA does not hide what organic is. You can mm -hmm. go and check it out. And you actually can go and see every input is what it's oh. called that I would be allowed. So, um, but in summary, uh, what is organic? It really, for us, it starts with the soil. Without healthy, well-managed, uh, uh, nourished soils, mm -hmm. uh, we can't produce amazing crops or amazing vegetables, right? And so it really starts in mim mimicking um, uh, things that nature would do, such as keeping the ground covered. Nature doesn't, I always joke, like, Nature doesn't like to be naked. If there's ever, like, if you rake your yard, what is she going to do? She's going to throw leaves on it or whatever, or grow grass, right? Like, yeah. that's sort of thing. Nature doesn't lay fallow for long. So um, we start with the soil and uh, work from there. And then any seeds that we were to plant are uh, certified organic or at least untreated. Okay. The vast majority of seeds in agriculture today across all commodities have different coatings or fungicides or this or that, mm -hmm. um, different things on them, which are all make for a very productive agriculture system in the United States. Yeah. However, in, in agriculture, we don't do that. Any coatings would allow organic and so on and so forth. Uh, then when we're growing, as our crops are growing, all of our inputs are um, have to be certified organic as well. Um, so in any crops from vegetables or all the way to like our field crops that you would see corn, we're, we're a great mm. corn area, at least down here. Um, all of that would be, <clears throat> uh, any inputs going on there. So if, if I'll use like a foliar feed, for example, it, it would be something that we would actually spray onto the plant or the leaf. And it's hilarious because it looks like you're spraying something on your crops that you shouldn't be, but you're actually feeding your crops. Okay. You might be, Good. You yep. might be feeding those yep. crops. Um, like some mixture, like some examples would be like a molasses or a fish meal or just different mm. things like that. There are hundreds of inputs okay. in our toolbox yeah. for different um, plant or soil deficiencies, right? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But as we go through, all of our inputs are monitored. And then when we get to harvest, all of our harvesting is monitored. And there's checks and balances throughout to just protect that integrity. Uh, when it comes to organic animal agriculture, uh, like I said, it requires pasturing and outdoor access. And mm -hmm. obviously no antibiotics, um, no hormones and things like that. That's so, huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's That's a huge. really big system. On our farm, we milk 120 cows and run about 1,200 acres, and that organic inspection takes usually nine. Months. It's the really, thing. yeah. Wow, That's it's a not a light label. Like when you see someone with that, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you they worked hard for that label, <laughs> um, all the way through the process. Yeah. So. Okay. That's it's a good system to know. And I, I think, like you said, if you see something being sprayed, it doesn't necessarily mean it's 
bad. <laughs> yeah, like, it's right? it's really funny because you could see someone in their garden, like with their backpack spray. Yeah, yeah. like who knows? They could be doing a foliar spray on their right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that leads to the next thing. Like we've talked about eggs and meat and stuff, but you guys have veggies as well. Correct? Yeah. Like all kinds, certain kinds, like what are we talking yep. about? Mm-hmm. Peppers and is that delivery system as well? Yeah. So nice. like our farms grow varieties of veggies and they do what's called succession planning. So they're extending seasons and that sort of thing. Um, so you would always see a really great variety throughout um, yeah. the season. And then, yeah. Okay, cool. So say people want to, um, what, how does the shop work? Like how does delivery oh. work? Like how, if they want to go ahead and order, like, I mean, yeah. personally, I'm super intrigued. I, like I said, I love meat. I've been, you know, we've done some delivery meat stuff, but keeping it local oh. and like doing that is just awesome. Um, yeah, there are amazing services, Trevor. Like there mm-hmm. are several meat boxes now you can get or but they're okay. written boxes. But for local, like this is what takes the cake um, mm-hmm. for me because it's like literally right here with, yeah. the, with the lowest carbon footprint unless I raised it in my yard mm-hmm. myself. Okay. Um, but no, to sign up, um, I, all of our information is on our website, which is www.slofarmersco-op, which is co-op.com. Mm. Okay. Um, so if you go there and you scroll down, it, it lays out, hey, here's our link to our veggie stuff. Here's our link to our meats. Uh, we have a couple Thanksgiving turkeys left. Nice. Um, I was going to ask. Big holiday. Day, you guys do I think. That. I think by the time this airs, they're probably going to be sold out. So I feel oh. really bad. I shouldn't have said that. You could probably get one quick. <laughs> <laughs> How big are they? Um, I think they range? There, there, there were three size ranges. Okay. And I, I don't know which one. Yep. So, yep. Um, Bummer. Uh, but yeah, just go there uh, and it outlines each of the programs. But we have a uh, distribution partner. We are a farmer co-op, so we don't mm-hmm. run a logistics company. We have a distribution company, our partner uh, called Farmer's Best Home Delivery, and that is linked right on my site. It takes you right to like, oh, you're interested in the meat shares? Here you go. We'll put you right in. Oh, nice. That's really easy. Um, And then are there different options for like box size options, meat cuts, like eggs fall into that category as well? Um. The, so I'll start with the meat yeah. share. Yes, there is a small box, a medium box, and then a family size box. Well, it's technically fall, small, whole, and family. Um, they're amazing. They're the the family box is a lot of meat, but it's a really really good value. Like okay. there's a lot of meat in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can pick the size, and it it is actually a six box or like six. It's a six box program over nine months. So the reason we do that is because you know what? Sometimes you might not cook as much and you might have some meat piling up or you might go on vacation. And so we, we have a, we have, we allow you to do several vacation holds, things like that. It's not like a rigid, you're not signing any fine print here. It's a group of farmers trying to get you really good quality meat and veggies. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you pick your size, and then that is, like I said, going to come monthly unless you um, message us and tell us you like to do a vacation holder. So, okay. Um, the the cuts are uh, 
curated. I build the the boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, I put a lot of thought into the season and what you guys might like right now. Okay. Um, but they are a variety of beef, pork, and chicken. Ooh, that sounds good. It's so good. That sounds good. I don't know why you're not. So (laughs) (laughs) I will. We will be. I I can always guarantee you that. Um, and it is. Um. Yeah, when I came on board, actually, I signed up right away, and I, I again, I shared earlier a little bit of vulnerability. Like I'm really picky with my quality of food. Mm-hmm. I'm not a picky eater, but I'm picky with quality, and it is so good. The quality is so good with this, um, with both both mm-hmm. chairs, the meat and the veggies. Um, so yeah, that's how you can sign up, and the veggies is the same. Okay. Our veggie ball share is running now. Um, that is really unique because it. I love it because it gets me out of my comfort zone of like eating what I'd get at a grocery store, like carrots and celery and all the things. It's like, oh, I got kohlrabi in my last box. I love kohlrabi. But the flavors are so much, are so good. Like I said, it's like as fresh as if I walked out off my, to my backyard here and picked it. Like it's just so good. Huh. That's, that's cool. So like there's a huge variety of veggies. That's yeah. Cause yeah, we, if I'm thinking like what's in our veggie, like full disclosure, I've been uh, figuring out what works for me, what doesn't. And I've, yep. I was yep. really bad about veggies. Uh, so I've been adding them back in. But it is. It's like carrots, peppers, broccoli, sprouts. And I'm like, okay, we need yeah. something. We need something else. And there's some that people don't even realize how beneficial like the micronutrients and all that stuff is from that stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. I, um... This is just from growing up in it. I'm mm-hmm. not a nutritionist. I'm not. Right. This is not my background is, is really farmer and farmer co-ops. Mm-hmm. But I do feel there is such a connection to flavors and nutrition. And mm-hmm. I do wish there would be more studies and information that would come out on that. Interesting. That. But I just feel like you can taste. Like you should be able like vegetables should taste good. Mm-hmm. If you don't like vegetables, I would challenge you probably haven't had good veggies. Interesting. In your life. You haven't yeah. had good local fresh veggies. A lot of our veggies, you know, their life cycle is they're picked um, unripe. They ripen on a truck. Mm-hmm. They, it takes like weeks a lot of times when before they even get to us. And yeah. they travel thousands of miles. So. The, the freshness is there. We're like, Oof. yeah, that's a really interesting point. Something I really haven't thought too much about, but you're probably spot on. Yeah. That's a really interesting thought. Um, our veggie CSA is one of the only ones that I know of also that is customizable. So mm. it's not it's not normal. Normally, the CSA model is that you you get a box of whatever the farmer has right mm-hmm. now. That's that's not our case. We actually built we built an entire program around like like Trevor, if you don't if you don't want peppers, you don't like peppers, take your peppers out of the box and put something in you do want. You oh, nice. want to order stuff you want. So you're not restricted. And customize it. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. real good. That's important for people to know because I mean there's some stuff you just don't flat out like, like honestly. Or you're sick of. Yeah. Um or you're sick of. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a big one. Um there's something I was gonna ask, but I can't remember now. That bothers me because it, it came up just in the conversation. Um, this isn't it. But this is another question. What's your favorite cut of meat? I'm just curious. Oh, um, well, 
it evolved. It's really interesting. I, I, my cravings always evolve, and I noticed yesterday how they evolve with the seasons. Hmm. Yesterday, I was craving venison, which we don't have venison, oh. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, oh, that's weird because deer hunting's coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, my favorite cut of meat right now is actually I'm on a whole chicken kick. Okay. Loving whole chickens is not even a cut, but we have these yeah. delicious whole juicy chickens from. Um, actually, they're from uh, Apes Family Pastures, so check them out on Facebook. But they raise these amazing chickens, and it's like my favorite. Hmm. That or chuck roast. Like, I'm all uh, about yeah. throwing the roast and some make it easy. veggies and <laughs> going out the door. Yep. Yeah, letting it cook. That's the way to go. <laughs> Crock-pot meals, slow-cooked meals. Mm. Yeah. It's so easy. Throw it together and in the, the box, Yeah. If you get the box, you get a variety. You know, you get some steaks or burgers. Okay. Yeah, I'm a... Get a little... I can eat steak every day of my life. Steak. I love steak. I love fillets, tenderloin. Like, give me all the steaks. <laughs> give me I'm all of them. A, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of on a stew meat kick too now, though. Oh, yeah? Stew meat and, yeah. Yeah. That's good oh, well. too. That's good too. Like I said, I love meat. Um, it's, I could eat it. I do eat it every single day. I could eat it breakfast, lunch, dinner, honestly. Um, yeah. So. This is really bothering me why I can't think of this question. Um, I don't know, but like I'm super excited that we connected because we talk like in in our business we talk about like the four pillars. So it's always like um, sleep, nutrition, movement, stress, and so like we talk to everybody because we obviously deal with a lot of like physical ailments, pains, um, performance side of things, but that's such that's one piece. Like, it, it's great. We can get out of pain, but are you sleeping well? Are you eating well? Like, are you have all these other things for stress? And people often ask, like, well, where can I turn for some of this stuff? And we have, like, people that will go to for some of the other things, but we don't have a local food place that we've been super comfortable being like, yeah, turn to them. So I'm really happy about this because what you put into your body is in my opinion, one of the most, if not the most important things that you can do for your health. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, what I like about your pillars is they're very aligned with how we farm. Okay. Is that you're taking a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. We're each taking holistic approaches with, our, with ourselves, and we do that on the farm. We need to look at various areas to measure our wellness. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. You don't really connect, but there's, and that's the thing, there's so much overlap. Um, and like we say health and people think like there's so many different avenues of it. And if you neglect one of them, you're doing yourself a disservice because you can feel good, but imagine feeling better. Like you can always feel better. You can always do hone in on a couple other things. And in my, in, in nutrition is, like I said, it's, I'm a huge believer in it. What you put in, what you put in yourself is going to allow you to do what you want to do, or it's going to keep you from doing what you want to do. And I am a huge believer of you in that, of seeing how, how food is raised mm-hmm. and then connecting that to quality. Mm-hmm. It, I agree. Yeah. And it, it sounds from everything you've kind of talked about that you guys, I mean, what you are doing and put the products you're putting out it's it's truly cared for and raised the right way mm-hmm. and that's that's so important yeah and 
You know, the biggest trend right now, I shared earlier, the biggest trend used to be animal welfare, but Mm -hmm. now it's environmental and it's Mm. climate change and it's all of these pieces. And Trevor, at the end of the day, I can't help but feel local is the answer. Mm -hmm. Like our meat travels. I don't know. We figure, I don't have these real numbers, but like Mm -hmm. our, our meat, our entire process from farm to you is like, I don't know, a couple hundred miles. Mm -hmm. Did you know that generally proteins that we purchase have traveled thousands? I mean, like, and they've used thousands of dollars in fossil fuels. They've used thousands of of gallons of of water, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's an amazing book by Florencia Ramirez. It's called Eat Less Water. So if anyone listening is like, I'm really concerned about environmental impact, you would love this book. It's amazing. And she goes into like how many gallons of water it takes to produce a glass of wine or a chocolate bar. And it is fascinating. And when I think about the bigger system and I think about what we're doing right here in Northeast Wisconsin as a, as a farmer co-op, oh my gosh, the impact goes across so many ways. There's a ripple effect mm-hmm. from how we're raising our food and staying in this local system. Yeah, It's amazing. That is a huge point, and I'm glad you brought that. Was actually my question was kind of the distance and travel. So I'm glad that you brought that up Um, because the water thing is really interesting. Yeah, like that. That is a big talking point. Water and miles traveled. Like I do remember when there was we were. I remember years ago that there was this like try to shower less. Try to use like less water, and you know it was like that it. ice bucket challenge. I think that time frame. <laughs> <laughs> but, like when you brush your teeth, don't leave the faucet. Yeah. like that's how like third grade was for me. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like you know they're on you. they're teaching you this stuff. It's so funny now being in this, and I'm just like, do you really want to help the water situation or our climate situation? Look at what your food, look at what you're doing in the kitchen. How far did your broccoli travel? Mm-hmm. You can get broccoli from our farmers. You know, well, we don't have broccoli right now. That's but like, you know what I mean? Like, or cabbage. Like, you could go buy a cabbage and it comes from who knows where. And, you're, and we don't even think about the miles. We don't even think about the water usage. And yeah. there's so many layers of this that we could go into. But yeah. Yeah. That's there's interesting. Such, there's such a profound impact when we shop local. I know local is sort of like a, I feel like it's a little trendy thing it right is. now. Mm-hmm. Like, was there a documentary on it? Maybe. <laughs> Probably. But, but, but rightfully so. Like, this is a local podcast. We're a local co-op. We're talking to mm-hmm. our local consumers. And, and just the ripple effect across the entire system is like, it's so amazing. It it's is. so positive. It's awesome. I mean, that's, and that's the thing. That was a big reason why I started this. Like, I want people to realize how many options are available, like, literally right here. Like, yeah. you don't have to go far for anything. And it's all different than like the traditional stuff that you're just like being spoon fed that you have to do. That's good for your health. Like it's like, there are so many different avenues you can go down. Like I could, I could go on a ramp, but I won't, but <laughs> there's just so much right here. <laughs> um, anything else that you want us to know about what you guys are doing and upbringing or anything like that? No, I just, I, I'll just reiterate. Buy local. Um, think about slow farmers co-op. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, let us try to make it easier for you to source local. Sometimes local sourcing, um, like years ago, it could be 
kind of burdensome. Like you had to run to the farmer's market or you had to go here, but you're starting to see retailers move towards sourcing local. You're seeing you're seeing a lot of box programs and convenience programs that mm-hmm. are not local. So mm-hmm. just kind of be cognizant of that and think about how the trade-off for you to have really amazing good food also is like amazing for our planet and for our farmers and like sustaining our young farmers. Our model's very, we didn't get into this and we don't need to, but our model's very unique um, in how we pay the farmers first and we pay them okay. a sustainable living basically um, mm-hmm. to be able to, to produce food in a manner that we feel that is right, that is good for us, good mm-hmm. for the planet. It's awesome. That's how it should be. Yeah, it should. <laughs> it's good. But cheap food is not always the answer either. Right. Like, we want cheap, but at the end of the day, there is a cost somewhere in that. Exactly. In that that's, a, that's a good point. And people like, I mean, even myself, when you said that, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, you're hundred percent correct and you just don't really think about that you look cheapy but you don't think like oh it benefits me but where's the ripple like what's going on behind it and all that mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's important that's really cool yeah, that, that five dollar dozen of eggs it sounds some people that's shocking mm-hmm. to me i don't want anything but a five dollar dozen of eggs from a farmer i know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but it it's our own we have to align with our own value system and what we can afford in mm-hmm. our situation right. Right. Um, you know, one other thing is the only option to purchase the delivery or can people pick up? Right now it is a delivery. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. If someone, you know, if you wanted, actually, we do do, if you wanted to do like a bulk order, mm-hmm. yeah, you can actually send me an email or contact us through the website. And um, I'd actually be happy to organize that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I just wasn't sure if it was just straight delivery or what. Um, cool. Uh, I don't think I have any other questions. Like, I just like, there's a shift, right? There's always a shift that's coming and it's changing. I think people are becoming more aware of what they are putting into their bodies um, and how they're maintaining their health. And it's exciting, like from my end to watch. And I think this is just another part of it that's coming full circle. I agree. It's it's good. It's a good change. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we're here to meet that change mm-hmm. and to meet that like i was saying it if you're a really busy parent and you're like you want to eat local but you have a you know you need to go to work for eight hours and then you've got to pick the kids up and then you've got to make dinner and then you've got to try to put them to right. when do you have time to try to track down local and i love that we can try to help build that mm-hmm. for northeast wisconsin we deliver by the way all the way from green bay over to manitowoc and then into the fox perfect thank you for saying that because I did want to ask that too. Good. Um, so a wide range. So you can reach a lot of people, mm-hmm. basically, is what that means. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. I think I got a few questions for you, and I'm excited to hear your answers. Do it. Okay. What is your... We, you've mentioned a couple of books already. But what's your favorite health-related book? And I say health vaguely like i said it covers such a wide spectrum so i'm I'm interested okay there are so many yeah right so, it's hard to pick one give me a couple. but i have to say the one that has actually actually changed my life several years ago is and how i think about food and how i eat is not even like a it's not like a 
it's just like a very practical read. It's it's the Eat Real Food book mm. by Melissa Hartwig, who is the founder of the Whole Thirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think many of us don't want to ever push diets or things like that, and Whole Thirty is not meant to be a diet. Right. But the reason that that book is like coming to my mind of all the books I love. Um, is because it just takes you down to basics and mm-hmm. foundational levels. I remember uh, when I learned how to actually properly read an ingredients label, like, oh, <laughs> wow, right. that it really matters what's on there. And really just that, that opened my, my eyes to so much. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That ingredient list, that is something. Like people scan yeah. it and it's important. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, something else, this isn't a normal question, but it came to mind when you were talking. Um, if people wanted like resources on like the, pro- like the upbringing and proper raising and stuff like that, mm-hmm. do you have, like, do you have any where people could learn more about it and why it's so beneficial what you guys are doing? Well, we're very, yeah, we're very transparent on our website of our practices and Perfect. like what that means okay. and our inputs and like just our grazing, okay. um, things like that. So that would be a good resource. Mm-hmm. If none are coming to mind, that would be over. Perfect. Nope. But you guys got that on the website. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Good. Um, what's your favorite, you know, health related activity to do in the area? Um, well, I have a history of like working too hard, like a million hours a day. And so my physical activity was always farming. Yeah, that's physical. Um, but now it is, uh, actually getting more into just mindfulness and Mm. and yoga Mm -hmm. and stretching. So Mm -hmm. I spend a lot more time at a desk and a computer than I have for several, several years. Yeah. So just trying to honor that, uh, by keeping moving and stretching out. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's important. I mean, there's, if there's anything that has come from the past couple of years, like my big hope was like people would realize like how unhealthy we are as a country, maybe shift some things, but I fear like gyms were closing, fast food restaurants were open. So like that kind of, it blows my mind. But, and now people are just sitting more frequently because they are at home. They're not getting up, going to work and like, it's convenient. I, I understand it, but I just think sitting is problematic um, if you are not getting up, moving around a little bit. So it's good, good on you for doing that stuff. It's basically yeah. what I was getting to. <laughs> yeah. um, and last, you know, what's, what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that is kind of looking to change lifestyle, switch things around, um, try to get on a better track? Surround yourself with other people that have a team, have a friend. When I, I went through a health journey like a few years ago, lost, oh, probably 50 pounds. But my, my girlfriend, my best friend, she lost like eight. Okay. And mm. you know what? We hit that gym every night together. There were days we were hoping the gym was closed or burned down because we didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that partnership and like club and like also like the real talk, like mm. <laughs> sometimes you need hard, like, you need like somebody to give it to you for right. real. That uh, I yeah, just get get a friend, a partner, but also just get in that community of people. Mm-hmm. Like, the best thing you can do if you want to make a change is to get away from other people doing that mm-hmm. thing that you don't want to do anymore. Yeah, that, that's a huge point. I mean, what is it? Surround yourself with the people you want, or people you want to be like, or yeah. 
you are the average of the person that you surround yourself with and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of merit to that. That is yeah. 100% true. And like you said, the good friends, like they're going to give it to you straight and you're yeah. going to like hug it, hug each other and say like, wow, I appreciate that. It's hard to hear, but yeah. it's, it's important. And you know what? If you can't find that person, be that person for yourself. Because mm. we find ourselves in that situation too where everyone's busy or they fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. Here we are yep. trying to do our goals. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for all Trevor, of that. I made a mistake. I told you the wrong title of the book. So I have what the was it? real food book. The book that I actually like is It Starts With Food. Okay. Like that is the actual title. Starts with food. It's You're a close. Super easy, super easy read. I know I have so many books. I'm like looking at a million books right now. Yeah. But yeah. It's, got it. That's fair. It's, now we got like four books from this from this stuff. You you were dropping them all day. That's awesome. Um, cool. So you kind of uh, gave the URL for the website. Where else can yep. people go to learn more? So like, go to the website, reach out, bunch of resources out there. Any social media platform, what you got? Heck yeah, yeah, follow us. Um, I love sharing our farm stories and our, you know, our story of like what we have to offer and to help you. Um, we are on Facebook. It is Slow S L O Farmers Co-op, and we are also on Instagram. Um, and that is at Slow Farm. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and we'll be sure, like I said, to link to all of this. Um. And then if people have direct questions, they can probably contact form, message, all the above. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Feel yeah. Free. We'll be sure to link to all that. Um, this was awesome. Like, thank you very much. Again, this is a lot of good information that I think a lot of people are going to find um, eye-opening, but also helpful. I think so, too. Thanks. And like I said, it's just so neat to be a local co-op on a local podcast talking to our local people right i love it it's good it's a fun thing to do we need to do more of it for mm-hmm. sure awesome well thank you again melissa um and as always guys we will uh talk to you next time if you would like more information about one of our guests or us at movement performance and rehabilitation just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com.